0: Welcome, you're listening to the Oyster Podcast. For submissions and feedback, please contact us at theoyster at oyis.org or send us a voice message. Thank you and enjoy.
1: Hey everyone, it's Felicia back with more school-related updates. As I said in our last episode, we at last concluded the first semester of the school year, and this month, we welcome semester two. And to start it, we have once again made the transition to online school. Uh, For now, it's only meant to be for a two-week period, but with COVID, you can really never tell, so I'd just like to wish everyone luck with time management and organization, because personally, things always get a bit more hectic for me when all of our classes are online. In fact. MIP students had to finish their uh, IDU projects online too, which obviously messed up a few things for some people, but we were all able to persist and pull through, and we saw some amazing projects by the MIP grades, and their IDU themes all sounded pretty great too. The grade 7s combined the disciplines Design and Science to create a floating cardboard boat. In addition to the technical side of building a boat, they were able to inquire into climate change and how it makes living rather challenging in certain places. Meanwhile, the grade eights worked collaboratively and put together math, PE, and art in order to create a shared space outside of the campus gym where students could relax while focusing on personal tasks. Grade nine students interconnected science and individuals and societies to make a sci-fi slash thriller-based book jacket, book excerpt, or movie trailer that explains the possible effect of genetic technology on societies. And finally, the grade nines put together a product that combined the language subjects, English and Japanese, both language acquisition and language and literature, with music by creating a bilingual protest song with original lyrics and an original music track that concerned a social issue that they felt was important and personal to them. IDU week was very interesting and very fun, to say the least, and it, it was only made more fun when we were finally able to check out what the other grades have been working on and share our own projects in kind. That's it for this week's school news segment. Uh, stay healthy, everyone, and we will see you next week.
0: Hello, everyone. For today's media section, I'm going to be recommending to you Conversations with Frank, which is the debut book by one of my favorite authors, Sally Rooney. Conversations with friends follows Frances, a 21-year-old college student, as she navigates a series of relationships that force her to confront her own vulnerabilities for the first time. Frances is quiet, observant, and sharp, whereas her best friend Bobby is confident and outspoken. As she weaves her way into the lives of her new friends, she learns to see herself and those around her in a new way. Now. I knew as soon as I finished Normal People, which is another one of Sally Rooney's books, that I was going to love anything she writes. And that, so far, has not been proven wrong. She has such a modern and contemporary style of writing that is addictive to say the least. The way she structures her books is very unique in both Normal People and conversations with friends. She frequently jumps between time frames, sometimes spanning only a few days and sometimes spanning months. However, she always does it in a way that feels natural and seamless. The amount of bookmarked pages I have in her books and highlighted paragraphs is honestly unmatched, and I often go back to her books to reread sections. Sally Rooney is amazing at making you relate to her characters in a way that you would never expect to. The characters are so original and memorable, and even if you share nothing in common with them, you can't help but relate to them. I think that's often when you relate to characters the most, when you have nothing concrete in common with them, and yet you still relate to their general experience of life. It's so comforting. According to Sherwell, The novel is about relationships, about how young people behave when they're in them, and what happens afterwards, and that pretty much sums up the whole book. Throughout the story, all of the characters make mistakes and are shown having flaws, which I obviously love. There's nothing worse than characters who are perfectly moral. Frances is continually unreliable, making bad decisions, and gets herself and others into situations that have no possibility of ending well. However, because the characters are all so well-developed and well-rounded from the beginning, and the author has worked to develop a relationship between the characters and the audience, filling us in on motivations and showing the characters in a variety of situations beforehand. We still continue to sympathize with them, even when they make poor decisions. Another interesting element of Sally Rooney's storytelling that I love is her attention to details. Now, that may not make sense, but what I mean by that is that her books aren't exactly packed with imagery and world building. So when she does decide to point out particular visual elements such as a room or describing a street it really adds emphasis to that thing or place and it always feels so deliberate in communicating something about the character and their state of mind intentions or place in the story which i really love now this isn't really related to the story but i also do really love the covers of the books they're very simplistic and striking and i like that they don't give much away about the stories conversations with friends is yellow and green and Normal People is a bright pink and red. Her books and the characters in them really stick with you, and the covers reflect that as well. I love that she has a very specific style with her covers, because all of her books sort of follow that minimalist look, and it's something I really appreciate. In conclusion, or to wrap this all up, I would recommend this book to anyone from grades 10 and up. It does cover some more mature content, so please check out trigger warnings or age ratings before reading, but I 100% predict that this is going to be a future classic. In fact, I predict that all of Sally Rooney's books are going to be classics, I'm calling it now. Right. Anyways, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's media section.
2: Tunglet Sparrow, a Japanese folktale. Once upon a time, there lived an old couple in ancient Japan. The old man was known to be very kind and generous while his wife was cruel and cranky. One day, the old man found an injured sparrow on the mountains where he usually collected firewood. Because he pitied the poor sparrow, he brought her home and nursed her. When the sparrow felt better, the old man decided to bring her back to the mountains where they met to return her home, but she stayed. The two developed friendship that was displeasing to the old, cranky woman. One day, when the old man was off to work alone, the sparrow ate sticky rice that the old woman set out to repair the ripped door. The old woman became very angry, so she cut off the sparrow's tongue ouch, and kicked the bird out. When the old man returned home and heard the news, he immediately set off to the mountains to find his little friend. When he arrived, he found a house that he'd never seen before. The sparrow, wearing a tiny kimono, came out of the house, greeted the old man, and invited him to join her. Inside, a party was going on, run by more sparrows in tiny human clothing. The sparrow told the old man why she was kicked out and thanked him for finding her. She then offered the old man a feast as a sign of gratitude. The old man said, "Yes, he was hungry, who would refuse free food?" After the feast/extravagant party filled with dancers and singers ended, the sparrows then presented to the old man two crates of different sizes as their gift. When they told him that he can only take one and he must open it when he reached home, the old man picked up the smaller crate and promised to do so. When he got home and opened it, He was presented with treasure, including gold, silver, coral, and pearls. The old woman became very greedy, so she set off to the sparrow's home and forced the birds to give her the remaining big crate. Despite the sparrow's protest, and especially their warning, don't open the crate until you get home, the old woman opened the big crate on the spot, where monsters, bugs, and snakes flowed out and attacked her. Despite that she fainted on the spot out of shock plus monstrous pile, she miraculously survived and eventually reached home. When the old man heard his wife's tale, he advised her to avoid greediness and cruelty. Our thought I offer you today is cutting a sparrow's tongue is considered as animal cruelty.
3: Hey everybody, I'm yabi and you're listening to This Is, where I explore artists, their biography, how they rose to fame, why people like them, or don't like them, etc, etc. I hope everybody is well with online learning and the worsening of COVID and stuff like that. I know that I've been getting a lot more sleep lately, <laughs> since the teacher is kind of relaxed for once on the workload. Just kidding, of course. Um... It's been a while since my last podcast, Um, I apologize for that, Um, but I'm really excited to be back. So for today's episode, I will be talking about Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar is probably one of the most respected rappers out there and for a good reason too. He doesn't just rap about how much money he has and how he can get all the girls or whatever, but more of that later. Kendrick currently has 13. Grammys with countless other awards recognizing his talent and uniqueness so without further ado let's get right into Kendrick's story Kendrick Lamar Duckworth was born in Compton California on June 17 1987 it was rumored that his father was affiliated with the infamous gangster Disciples gang Kendrick also grew up in an environment surrounded by many gangs. However, rather than being affected by it, Kendrick seemed rather interested or even influenced by them. He had shown a love for poems and writing early on, and started going by the name of K.Dot while performing his lyrics and songs as a rapper. At 16, he released a mixtape called Youngest Head and In Charge, which received a lot of attention from his community. The mixtape was enough to land him a record deal with Top Dog Entertainment. This record label connected Kendrick with other young aspiring rappers such as J-Rock and Schoolboy Q, while also releasing other acclaimed mixtapes such as Training Day and C4. Eventually, in 2010, he stopped going by K-Dot and started using his own name, Kendrick Lamar. The same year, he also dropped his first studio album, Section 80, under Top Dog Entertainment and was released exclusively on Apple Music. Through his success with this album, he was able to encounter one of the most well-known and respected hip-hop producers, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre took Kendrick under his wing and taught him about music and business by signing Kendrick to his own record label, Aftermath Entertainment. In 2012, Kendrick released his major-label debut album titled Good Kid Mad City, in which he beautifully depicts what it is like for a young man to live in a lower-class neighborhood, especially Compton. Good Kid Mad City was widely acclaimed and built up a huge fan base for Kendrick, which consisted of hip-hop lovers but also college students who were a fan of alternative rock. His thought-provoking lyrics caught the attention of many other hip-hop critics as well. And he was named the hottest MC of 2012 by MTV, putting him in line with other rappers like Jay-Z and Kanye West. In 2015, Kendrick released his next album titled To Pimp a Butterfly, featuring artists like Snoop Dogg and Pharrell Williams. This album was also critically acclaimed by many and got Kendrick nominated for 11 Grammys. In 2016, Kendrick won his first Grammy for Best Rap Album, In total, he received six Grammys that night, which made him the biggest winner for that Grammy event. In 2017, he went on to release his fourth studio album titled Damn, which also featured hits such as Humble and Loyalty, a collaboration with Rihanna. Once again, Kendrick was nominated for eight Grammys and was also awarded the Pulitzer Prize. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that. Wait, hold on, let's ask Google. Pulitzer. So, apparently that's how it's pronounced. Um, So, the thing about winning the Pulitzer Prize is that before Kendrick, there was nobody who had won the prize for a hip-hop album. And not only that, Kendrick was also the first to win the prize for a genre of music that wasn't classical or jazz. The Pulitzer board called the album a virtuosic song collection unified by its vernacular authenticity and rhythmic dynamism that offers affecting vignettes capturing the complexity of modern African-American life. So I don't really know what all of those fancy eloquent words mean, (laughs) but I can imagine that they are praising this man's works to the gods. Regardless, as of now, fans are speculating that Kendrick will release a new album this year as a follow-up to Damn. And if that is actually the case, I am very excited and probably gonna go into another phase of only listening to Kendrick's music for months. Which, you know, I don't really mind. Okay, so now that you know about how Kendrick rose to fame and other basic stuff like that, let's talk about why I like him so much so actually the way i first found out about kendrick lamar was through my brother i don't remember how far back this was but i think he was influenced by some of his friends maybe towards the end of middle school or beginning of high school or something like that which would mean i was in middle school like with many other artists that i've talked about on here i only started listening to kendrick's music pretty recently maybe a year back or something like that because of this like tiktok video i saw it's kind of embarrassing but yeah that's how i kind of got into him again anyway the point is my brother was watching a youtube video by genius where they broke down the many voices that kendrick used in his songs and he thought it was so clever and he like forced me to watch the video with him so that was my first ever encounter with kendrick's music Actually, the thing with his voices was pretty interesting to hear about, so let me put you guys on some as well. In an interview with GQ, Kendrick said that, quote, different tones for me just give off different expressions, unquote. Um, I don't actually have enough time to go over all of the voices that he does, but here are some of my favorites. The for free voice is pretty famous, and I think a lot of people like this song because of the voice that Kendrick uses. Um, The interlude track is from the album To Pimp a Butterfly and it's kind of a fast-paced soul song with what seems to be spoken word lyrics This voice is more smooth than the other ones and it's described to be playeristic and it's a voice that Kendrick uses when he raps about intimacy
4: Pity the fool that made the britian you prosper can it you the pussy lips kept me up nights kept me up watching one nose and poverty apology know what you wanna do what people less fortunate like myself every dog has his day now doggy style shall help this dick ain't free
3: then we have the <laughs> lord of the, of the rings, rings voice low which low is super high pitched and that that I, I guess kind of sounds like golum which is like so people call it Don't the lord of the, wind, the wind, rings most of um, and it immediately grabs the listeners attention um, the way it does um, in the track institutionalized
4: also from the pimple butterfly a Butterfly. everybody put three fingers in the air The sky's falling, the wind is calling, stand for something or die in the morning, section 80, high power.
3: So those are just two of the many personas, I guess you could say, that Kendrick takes on through his voices. Um, But other reasons why I like Kendrick so much is because he is so experimental with his music, and also because, as I mentioned earlier, he raps about prominent issues in the Black community, which I think is important. He's experimental, or I guess not experimental, not afraid, because I feel like he shows a lot of emotion in his music through the stark contrast between at times mellow music and his normal monotone voice, which I think can be seen in the song Mama the Best. Then, in songs like High Power, he raps about issues that are often neglected in the hip-hop community um, I think it's better for you guys just to hear it rather than me blabbering on about it
4: You ain't gotta tell the wise how to beat because I This is physical and mental, I won't sugarcoat it. You'll die from diabetes if these other niggas wrote it. And everything on TV just a figment of imagination. I don't want them plastic nations, red that like a Haitian. Why you motherfuckers waiting, I'll be off the slave ship. Building pyramids, writing my own hieroglyphs. Just call this shit, high power nigga nothing less than high power, five star dishes, food for dark bitches, I mean his shit is, Huey Newton going stupid, you can't resist kids high power, throw your hands up for high power of
3: <laughs> so yeah, that's Kendrick Lamar for you um, I think it's so interesting to see a rapper express his emotions and represent his thoughts through the use of different voices and taking on different personas, and it kind of reminds me of Tyler the Creator a little bit too. As always, this podcast contains information from biography.com and genies.com. Be sure to check out some of Kendrick's songs if you haven't, Um, and if you are a fellow hip-hop lover, I promise you will love his music. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast and see you next time where I'll be talking about Taimen Pala. So stay tuned for that.
4: Last time I checked there was the biggest race party. So get aboard this slave ship. Build your own pyramids. Write your own hieroglyphs. Just call this shit high.
0: Thank you for listening to the Oyster Podcast.
1: See you soon.